Now, one of the best things that Scott Morrison has done to stamp his values on the Prime Ministership was when he retweeted our story by Danielle Guzmaroli last week about how teachers are now being trained to identify potential transgender children in the classroom. Experts say that this has contributed to a 200% surge in the number of children wanting to change their gender in the past three years alone. The PM tweeted, we do not need gender whisperers in our schools. Let kids be kids. And he copped the usual backlash and was abused as a bigot and a transphobe, as happens to anybody who weighs in on this topic. But the fact is that injecting identity politics into the classroom is creating more problems for confused kids. And no one knows that better than our next guest, Dr. John Whitehall. He is a Western Sydney University professor of paediatrics and he joins us on the line. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon. Well, Scott Morrison's comments about letting kids be kids must have been music to your ears. (laughs) Yes, it was. I I couldn't believe it. It was good. It's true. I think uh, this is gender whispering, um, whispering these little tiny questions that are raised in, in vulnerable children's minds. Uh, do you, but even the wording of the questions was ridiculous. Uh, do you feel androgynous? What child understands what that means? But there are other things being asked. Do you feel uncomfortable? Are you unhappy today? Or these kinds of little questions then leading into the issue of gender dysphoria. It is a very subtle questioning and a very dangerous questioning because it leads to confusion in the child's mind and then onto, uh, possibly onto a pathway of medical treatment involving hormones and all, all the rest. Very dangerous. In politics, that is called push polling. It's actually in inserting a suggestion into you know an adult's mind when you're polling, and presumably children are even more suggestible. Yes, I, I, yes, that they are very suggestible at this age. I mean, uh, and coming in, like I said, with minimal questions: Are you unhappy? Are you disturbed? Uh, this sort of thing. And maybe it's because you're not really the boy you think you are. And there are no such things in boys and girls. Do you know that? And everybody's in between. And uh, maybe you, you're somewhere in between. And uh, if you sort this out, then maybe there'll be happiness at the end of it. This is a kind of gender whispering, uh, which we are, we taxpayers are paying for. Do you know, I hear that they get $700 an hour for this kind of uh, intrusion into the minds of vulnerable young people. Really? Yes, it's astonishing. 700 bucks an hour. Well, that's an incentive for anybody to, to buy into this insidious kind of ideology. Yes, I, I would earn a lot more money yeah. promoting this than I do trying to solve it. So what is wrong with having teachers trained to spot gender confusion just to play the devil's advocate, the the people who have been defending it the past week, these so-called gender whisperers, uh, saying that they are just there to help in case there are children who come forward and say that they have a problem? Yeah, well, the danger is not just you come to this conclusion, you think the kid might be confused, but what are you going to do next? And the coming next under the New South Wales Department of Education, for example, the teacher is uh, reminded of a mandatory obligation to uh, report such things if the parent does not seem to go along with this gender uh, confusion business. And and this is 
then leads uh, to entrance to a gender dysphoria clinic and then social affirmation and then the puberty blockers and everyone is saying that these things are safe and entirely reversible but there is widespread laboratory proof uh, that these things interfere with the way the brain develops. And then on the cross-sex hormones, they don't talk about the effect of that on the child's brain, uh, but there are other studies showing that in a male on testosterone, the brain shrinks at a rate 10 times faster than aging. None of this comes out. And all this begins then, all this can begin, I'm not saying it happens every time, but all this comes along, okay, you put a doubt into the child's mind, you then put a doubt into the teacher's mind, the teacher is obliged to do something, the school is obliged to do something, and then the whole thing just takes on a momentum of its own. And, and, and I mean, the sinister part of this, or the extra sinister part of it, is that parents, this can be done all without parent parental permission, and a child, you know, a child, a 13, 14, 15-year-old child. Yes, I agree. Yes, and uh, lots of things are happening then without the parent having the faintest idea, not the least of which is that uh, the parent is contributing to the $700 an hour uh, nonsense. They don't know that. Would you contribute to having some person come along and put that confusion into your child's head? You wouldn't. It's such an insult, isn't it? So why has there been this 200% surge in the number of children wanting to change their gender in the past three years, as we reported last last week? Um, you know, why is, West, for instance, the gender clinic for children at Westmead uh, seems to be just going through an epidemic of these confused, gender-confused children. Why is that happening? Is it, is, it a, is it real or is it, again, just suggestions being implanted? No, I, I agree. Um, I have said all along that I think that this is a psychological fad uh, which is inspired and fueled by an uncritical media and given direction and energy from, and I would say the word, iniquitous uh, websites which is pushing the children in this direction. There's a very controversial report that people should read now. It's on the web, Rapid Onset Gender Dysphoria. Mm. Um, and in that, they, they are saying, yes, it's social contagion which is causing this, which is exactly what I was just saying, an infectious psychological fad. Now, because that article came out and said, you know, it's social contagion, and not uh, some kind of inevitable biological process which, for which there's absolutely no evidence, uh, there has been enormous fuss and condemnation of it. So, And wasn't that paper, I think Brown University brought yes. that paper out, I think, wasn't that paper rescinded or banned from publication or somehow suppressed? Yes, it was disowned by Brown University mm. and then also pulled by the publishing uh, agency as well. Are they backed right away? Well, what was what was uh, controversial about it is this claim that this rapid onset in teenage girls, they're, mostly they are unhappy girls. Over 60% had been given a diagnosis of mental di- disease or disorder of some form or other, severe anxiety, severe depression or whatever, over 60%, and that's in accord with many other articles. So the vulnerable child uh, gets caught up in this social contagion directed by, like I said, the media and and then worse by the websites. 
Yeah, I mean, anyone who's been a teenage girl or is the parent of a teenage girl knows how prone they are to these kind of social fads, social contagion during puberty. It just seems to go with the the very nature of teenage girls. Um, just you mentioned uh, uncritical media. I, I should tell you, you probably know, we've discussed it, but should tell the listeners that any time... I write about this issue or address it on this show. We receive at this newspaper complaints uh, to the press council and various other bodies that oversee uh, what journalists do. This takes up an inordinate amount of time for, with our staff and myself. It's meant to chill free speech. It's meant to stop us from discussing this issue. And, um, you know, the Daily Telegraph continues to do so and never have we had any finding against us that we've been unfair or that we've been discriminatory against transgender people. We have enormous sympathy, as does Dr. Whitehall. I mean, Dr. Whitehall, you treat people who have genuine gender dysphoria and you help them. What, what is what is your, uh, as a doctor, as a paediatrician in your experience, what is the best way of dealing with this epidemic? Well, let me say I haven't gotten involved. Uh, I've spoken with several children. Mostly my uh, involvement has been with the parents. And, um, and most of the parents have had daughters uh, who have suffered then from this rapid onset dysphoria. And you, can't, you couldn't maximise the pain that is involved both to the child or to the parents. It's excruciating. Mm. Um, and the danger that the child faces and all this sort of stuff, it's really, really a sad business. So what can I do? I, I talk with them. I give a sympathetic ear. I say that, well, the chances are that most of these children will, in fact, grow out of it if you wait and that uh, you should not minimise customary, traditional therapies for the depression and the anxiety which are there, that these things should be addressed in their very own right. Um, that's what I do. Now, you, you, you mentioned you get into trouble. You get me into trouble. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, complaints have been made to the Health Complaints Commission um, on quotes, um, your quotations of me. And they, they said, complaints have been made. Uh, Miranda Devine quoted you saying this, this and this. Uh, we have decided at this stage not to take any further action, um, but uh, we advise you to be responsible in what you're saying in the public. And that leads to the new suggested code of conduct by the Medical Board of Australia, which essentially says that um, if a doctor speaks in public, like I'm doing now, and is cynical of uh, um, perceived wisdom by the profession and therefore brings the profession into disrepute by undermining community trust, the doctor may be charged with unprofessionalism, which of course could lead to deregistration. It's it's outrageous, Doctor, and we've seen already a Toowoomba GP, Dr Van Gend, is uh, also currently the subject of an investigation by the medical board for retweeting, yes. without any comments, a couple of tweets by 
Lyle Shelton, the Australian Conservative Senate and, candidate. And you, Miranda, and you. And me referring to a column of mine and a book by <laughs> Ryan Anderson from the Heritage Foundation, which is as mainstream a conservative think tank as you can find in America, uh, criticising the you know gender indoctrination of children, which most parents are against. Uh, yep. And uh, Dr Whitehall, I mean, we're very grateful to you for your just straightforward scientific, um, you know, dispassionate but very courageous analysis of what goes wrong and explaining to people that really in these cases most of these kids grow out of it after puberty and many of them turn out to be gay, don't they? Yes, well, most of them, according to other people's research, not mine, most of these confused children uh, return to the gender and the orient, sexual orientation with which they were born. Of those who don't, uh, they return to the gender, but they are of homosexual orientation. And Zucker, the leader of one of these big units in Canada, was essentially sacked for saying that surely life as a homosexual is to be preferred, less complicated, less medicalized than that of a uh, transgendered person who's under medical care for the rest of their life. Uh, mm. and, that, and that's the kind of uh, viciousness, the focus of attack that caused him to be sacked, that has caused uh, the Brown University to walk away from that bit of research. These, are, these, place, uh, these people uh, play for keeps. Uh, they want to destroy any opposing point of view. And it is interesting in, in my case, nobody, nobody has questioned any of the references or any of the arguments um, of, or my referring to overseas work and all that sort of stuff. No, there's never been any discussion on that. They simply want to discredit me because I happen to be a Christian. Mm. It's fascinating. And the fact is that no one and none of us are talking about adults. They can do whatever they like once they're adults. It's about children. It's about uh, cutting off their breasts and uh, giving them life-changing hormones. And um, I, I mean, have you have you felt other punishment? I mean, are you concerned about your own um, ability to keep working because of the pressure from this? I don't know what they are. The transgender lobby. Well, well, you can't sneeze at complaints to the Health Commission and you certainly can't sneeze at the suggestions of the medical board that um, uh, under the new code of conduct to give this cynical message could lead to serious trouble. And you certainly can't sneeze at the, um, at the uh, um, declaration by the Australian Labor Party that if it gets into power it will criminalise uh, attempts at conversion therapy. Now, that's an Orwellian concept of that they will make it a criminal offence if you, one way or another, try to revert the child or convert the child back to the gender with which it was born. This is incredible. In so that words, means even the sort of the watch and wait advice, which ah, is the most yes. prudent, that, that is described as... Sin as, by omission. Right. It's the same form of child abuse. It's sin by omission or by commission. That means as a doctor that I could be involved with a child and, and it's um, changing gender in any way, shape or form as frequently as the child wanted as long as I 
did not somehow or other stall or direct it back to the gender with which it was born. This is the Labor Party promises this. Catherine King has said she will make it a personal uh, responsibility or a personal or a crusade of hers. This Nobody knows about these things, but it's all there in black and white. Look, it really is terrifying, Dr Whitehall, and uh, as I said, we are very, very grateful. We're very lucky. You're one of the very few doctors um, who actually is willing to speak up about this, and you, of course, do so with great expertise and great compassion for your patients. So thank you. Great to talk to you. Okay. Bye. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.